0: Good morning. Good
1: morning. I'm a, sorry. I'm a little, I was a little behind this morning because I had this other session. I was uh, working oh, on good. and I see Alexis. So I'm inviting you up, Alexis, and I don't even have my music going today. Cause I'm a little behind. How's how's everybody today? Getting things going here. Okay, hey, Alexis, I will send you an invite if you want to just accept that. You'll get an, uh, a pop-up to join the stage. Okay, perfect. We got you up there. Okay.
0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Mark.
2: Good morning, everybody. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Thank you,
0: While we're hanging out, Mark, I'm curious, are you back in office yet? Or are you all still uh, in a mixed hybrid thing? Uh,
2: well, technically we're not back in office, but I've been going in. Um, Jamie's floor has been nice enough to host me for the last few months. So I've been in a day or two a week there.
0: That's awesome. I'll have to ping you the next time. I was actually on the lot twice last week. So I should have pinged you when I was over there.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm usually there Mondays and Wednesdays uh, are kind of the days that i'm I've been shooting for. Uh, you know, it just obviously depends how the week works out, but it's still pretty quiet there.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. It's hey, I will say it's more active than the other campus, so that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You mean Bristol? I heard Bristol's still pretty empty too.
0: Bristol's super empty. Glendale's super empty. So I think the the lot has been the most active that I've seen
1: good
2: morning
1: everyone yeah all right well we do have uh we do have a a special presenter today speaker today so i want to go ahead and kick off the room and get us going so we'll have plenty of time to have this uh, rich conversation um and i will continue to work the back channel here so if if there's any hiccups it's just because i want to get through this get, get us going <clears throat> All right, so um, so welcome everybody on a Saturday morning. This is the official Learning to Lead Clubhouse and we meet every Saturday morning, 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm Tamara White and I'm here with Kelly White and we're your hosts for this clubhouse. And we also have Chuck Mounts Jr. who is one of our moderators. Um, we uh, created this a clubhouse as a forum where we can talk about really openly everything leadership anything, the good, the bad, and everything in between. And we're really fortunate to have leaders of all levels and industries that join us here, bringing a broad diversity in their leadership experience. So whether you're an entry-level learner, uh, learning your way, or you're a season C-suite executive, we're all here to share our experiences, challenges, resources, perspectives, share our journeys, and learn from one another. Um, We have a great topic today, as I said, we have a a Alexis Stern who's joined us to to share some great content with us. I think you'll really enjoy a few housekeeping items before we open the the discussion is we are an official Learning to Lead Clubhouse. So we encourage everyone to join uh, us and follow this Clubhouse by clicking on the link above. And you'll get regular notification of our topics and information and how to access our recaps. Also, um, encourage you to follow others in the room as an opportunity to expand your network and your own community. Um, you can connect with us in a few ways. You can uh, chat with us with the feature below on your screen uh, through our Substack site and also LinkedIn or direct message. So lastly, we do encourage you to join our Substack website and take advantage of our recaps and the recordings of all of our Clubhouse content. In addition, we also post quite a bit of additional resources out there that may be beneficial to you. So I'm going to turn over the mic to Kelly and let's get going.
0: Thank you, Tamara. Thanks everyone for being here as always. Great to to see and hear all you all joining us on a Saturday, especially in the summer. I know everybody's taking breaks and traveling, but we're going to jump in. Uh, as Tamara said, we are excited to get to the topic today and welcome Alexis to the stage to to share some of her insights today. But with that, I also like to always remember and remind both our, our live listeners and the folks on the replay that self-reflection, self-awareness is a huge aspect to, to leadership and a lot of what we talk about in really making time to check in with ourselves as we're not only investing in our own leadership journey, but investing in a journey of others. So with that, we like to do just one word to wrap up how our week went as a way of kind of continuing the practice of self-reflection. And I'm going to start with Mark. What is your word of the week?
2: Hey there, everybody. Um, I would say patience. Uh, stuff is going on. Just need to be patient, let it play out um,
3: for a lot of things. Fantastic.
0: Alexis, word of the week.
3: I like patience, but I'm going to go with balanced this week because it felt pretty balanced and that's a that's a big thing. Love it.
0: Absolutely. Gary, good morning.
4: Good morning. Mine's not a very positive one this week. I think it's going to be contentious. It's been one of those weeks.
0: Oh yeah, they ha- that those definitely happen. I can relate. I understand that feeling as well. Tamson, good morning.
2: Good morning. I'm going to go with engaged. I'm getting deep into some things with my projects that I'm pretty excited about. So engaged.
0: Fantastic, Chuck. Good morning.
5: Hey, good morning. I'm going to go with relieved. Um, started out pretty stressful. Had some health concerns, you know, within the family. Everything's working out well, and um, but yeah, I would say relieved.
6: Oh, good to hear.
0: Courtney, good morning.
6: Good morning. Um, I'm going to go with cheerful. Somebody posted a link uh, on LinkedIn recently about how cheerful is a subtle superpower. And I often have been told that if you're too cheerful, it can be a credibility hit, but I disagree. I think you choose your energy and I love uh, positive kind of cheerful. So I'm gonna pick that.
0: Uh, what a wonderful reminder.
1: Thank you for sharing that. Camera. Oh, Courtney, so very interesting. I'm very intrigued. I, I agree with you. I think cheerful is a good thing, but I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm very curious. <laughs> uh, I would say my word for the week was, uh, I, I'm going to use the word reinforcement. I just think uh, for me this week, it's been a lot of, you know, really trying to be aware, kind of looking back at my thoughts and about, you know, where the where they take me and and trying to reflect back on a lot of the content we've talked about in this group. So, Reinforcement. Love it.
0: So I'll wrap us up with um, my word of the week. I think I'm going to choose optimistic. Um, It's been a really, really busy time at work. And I think this was the week where I started to see a lot of things come together. There's a lot of huge opportunity, a lot of time spent meeting both with my team and other folks sharing lessons in leadership and career lessons. And so it's been a really optimistic week if not incredibly busy and productive so with that i always love our word of the week and again a reminder of if you haven't keep track of it you know try to make this a habit just write down your word and go back and look at the peaks and the valleys that might occur reminder that you know the the peaks are as important as the valleys they both teach us something really important and it's important to know kind of how we're doing and check in and remind others to check in with themselves as well. So with that, I'm gonna actually pass it back
1: to Tamara, do a quick intro for Alexis and we'll jump into the conversation for today. Thank you. So yeah, welcome Alexis Stern. She was uh, so willing to step up and bring some great content uh, and her, her content is called definitional leadership. So that should pique your interest. But I want to introduce her. Her background educationally is she has a bachelor's degree in art in history from the University of Texas at Austin, a master's in education from Harvard University. She is an advocate for inclusive and disability awareness through the Charcot-Marie Tooth Association and the Gladstone Institute at UCSF. She's also a certified professional leadership coach um, through the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching. And um, her experience is she has nearly two decades of experience in senior leadership roles, curriculum development, and adult and adolescent education. And she's worked as a consultant for over a decade as well. And as a leadership coach, Alexis has worked to uh, support leaders across industries, including Fortune 500 companies, to those in healthcare communication, finance, education, and diversity, equity, and inclusion she coaches her clients in the authentic development, excuse me, or more effective communications, cognitive empathy, relationship building, values alignment, collaboration, and connection. And she helps leaders define themselves and their leadership. And as a consultant, she supports organizations in learning and development, leadership training, effective teaming, mission creation and values alignment. Alexis creates engaging and powerful learning experiences custom tailored to the unique needs of a company or a leader. So from, from Disney to Harvard Law School, Alexis's experience and consulting clientele are vast. Her core belief is that leadership is everything and she's commit, committed to working and developing leaders at all levels on their journey. She has a keen awareness of the unique challenges faced by women in leadership roles and is passionate and has an insati- insatiable study of leaders and leadership. So I'm going to turn over to you, Alexis, and you can add anything that I might have missed and take us through your presentation.
3: Thank you. Thanks. Um, I'm I'm really excited to be here. Uh, Tamara was trying to explain to me a few months ago what Clubhouse was, and it took me a while to grasp it. So bear with me if I do that thing where I mute myself eight times accidentally. But it's really nice to be here. Um, and thank you for the introduction. I think, as I hear you talking, and as, as you say, leadership is everything, it gets me to think about where this interest came for me, um, which is super relevant to the content we're going to talk about t- today. But when I think back, so much of my interest in leadership development and leaders came from experiences I was having either as a young teacher, Or a young uh, administrator or leader, and just needing so much more support. And so you kind of watch the leaders that are good, and then you just are thirsty when you have leaders who aren't. And so I really started looking into it uh, and reading everything I can and um, trying to understand these common themes around good leaders. And one of those very, very common themes, and something super important, is that intentionality uh, behind who you are as a leader. Um, And so that's really what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about in two areas. First, yourself as a leader and defining who you are as a leader. And then for people who are in roles where they would be shaping that for their companies, what that looks like. Um, And so I hope that y'all will jump in anytime with questions or uh, to add. And of course these are these are my ideas and processes and they are ripe for enhancement. So please, please, please jump in. Um, so I'm going to start with why we would even define our own leadership uh, in the first place. And when I say define leadership, I mean, if you are to describe yourself as a leader, what would you say? I am an X, Y, and Z leader, right? I am a, an honest, communicative, and uh, a leader who acts with integrity. So those kinds of characteristics and how we narrow that down. And so I'm going to start by talking about why it matters at all to do this in the first place. And I... I I think one of the most important things um, is that, and we're gonna talk about legacy a lot, but really this is creating the legacy that you leave as a leader and the impact that you're having while you're a leader. And it's also something that impacts your ability to find the right job. So ensuring that you are values aligned in the job seeking process, if you have your own definition of a leader. Um, It helps your peers and your employees know what they can expect from you and provides that level of consistency It supports intentionality around your own learning and development. So once you know the characteristics that you uh, think are the most important, the ones that you're working to embody consistently, it makes it much easier to pick whether that is trainings, whether it's books to read, whether it's clubhouses to join, whatever, um, so that that roadmap is effective and it's not just kind of sporadic or what pops up. Again, that intentionality piece. The other thing is it is your backbone. So if you know exactly who you are as a leader and what you are going to embody, then when a difficult issue comes up or an issue at all, you have that as a guide. And it, it helps you make decisions that you feel in alignment with. Um, it also provides the opportunity for you to get really, really clear and measurable data or feedback around whether or not you're meeting the expectations that you've set for yourself. And we'll talk about that just a little bit more. But I want to pause there because I am sure there are even more reasons, and I'd love to know what comes to mind for any of y'all when you think about why it makes sense to define your major leadership characteristics.
0: I'll chime in really quickly and then I'll pass it to Courtney. I, you know, I think one of the things that stands out immediately to me is you know, sometimes this is about us understanding ourselves for sure, but I think over the last, you know, couple of weeks, I've joined a lot of sessions at work where I'm being asked by other leaders who are trying to grow in their careers for advice and how to navigate the complexities of leadership or large organizations. And so I find that, you know, even just by being a part of this clubhouse, one of the most important aspects of of really better defining leadership for myself is that I can then, better articulate and guide the future leaders around me and give them you know, more specificity around what they can do, not only in growing in their career, but also in very much this conversation, going to the active practice of understanding who they are as leaders, who they aspire to be, and who they wanna surround themselves with to ensure they have that growth and success.
6: Yeah, and I was gonna add, I love what you Oh, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Camera. No, no, Courtney, you go, go ahead. ahead. I was, just want, was going to ask you if you wanted to say something. Oh, okay. Uh, thanks. Um, I love what you said about being intentional. And um, I think it also gives you the opportunity to, you know, practice some amount of vulnerability, because if you're clear about what you stand for as a leader, and I believe trust, you know, is the foundation of everything. So I try to you know, talk about transparency and every action we take as leaders is an opportunity to build trust, break trust, or stay trust neutral. And so if you can be clear about what you stand for and then also what you need help with, because I think that allows you to learn more, as Kelly was saying, about other leaders and amplify kind of the strengths and surround yourself with people who might help you learn where there may be areas that you're not yet uh, developed in. But I loved what you said about intentional. I think it all starts there. I think the more clear you are, the easier it is to um, to learn.
1: I just wanted to add to that, you know, in many of our conversations leading up to this one was that, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of leaders out there that, that really, and, and I, I would say it up and up, up into including myself, that you know, a lot of times don't really know who they are and really don't know what they value and really don't know what they want. And I think that this is really relevant content that, uh, fortunately, a lot of the people on this call have. We've started to to dig in quite deeply on you know values based leadership and intentionality um in a lot of our conversations but i think it's so relevant because leaders really not knowing who you are and not knowing what you want to accomplish and how you want to contribute you know you can be just kind of wandering around aimlessly not even really realizing the impact you might have we've talked about you know multipliers versus diminishers and you can fall into easily slip into being quite ineffective by not knowing so it's it's great content from my perspective as well
3: so thanks. Um, Kelly, I would agree. I, I think supporting new leaders and kind of like passing it on is definitely something that should be included on that list. Courtney, I feel like you might have already previewed my presentation, which no one has seen yet, but you're totally, totally in sync with what I agree with, which is you have to broadcast this stuff. You have to be intentional about who you share it with and help them hold you accountable. And vulnerability, I think, is something that I could talk about for about six hours because it's just so powerful for a leader. And Tamara. We've talked about this so many times, like you have to pause and you have to put intentionality around the leader you are. And that made me think because um, I have a number of clients uh, who are various leaders in stages of their career. I can think of one who's owned a company for many, many years. I've got a younger COO. I've got someone who just started recently, who just took over their first major leadership role. And what's consistent is that if you say, well, what's your definition? definition of leadership or or what kind of leader are you? Everybody pauses, but there's not a ton of clarity around it because we have to stop and actually have a process to get to that clarity. And so that's what I'm going to move into next. And that doesn't mean they're like not effective leaders. They might be, but this just helps us narrow in on those skills that are so important to us. Um, and the other thing is when I think about where this came from, like the the, the impact of of good leaders, again, is I have to wonder, did they spend time defining it, did they not? I never was, I think I was too green to ask those questions. But when I do get to be around individuals who do things like support boards or other types of leadership consultants, really one of one of the first things they're talking about is a, of course a leader's self-awareness as well as intentionality. So here's the process that I would suggest, and again, I think there are pieces that can be added. So please jump in. But the guiding question, when you're defining yourself as a leader can be both the now and uh, the future. So I kind of lean on what do I want to be my leadership legacy? And that means I think of that both as, you know, when I leave this role, what will people say about me as a leader? What would What would they say I did well? What would they say or how would they say that I made them feel? But also when I'm thinking about legacy, it is in the moment. It's what am I doing now to build that? What kind of leader am I? So our guiding question really is, (laughs) who am I as a leader? Um, And if you drill that down a little bit, the question for the processing of it is, what are the most important characteristics that define my leadership? And so here's how I would suggest brainstorming and creating this list. First of all, you're really looking for about four to five characteristics. That doesn't mean you're not going to embody more. But if you have too many, um, it's hard to narrow down. And you need some that are really going to be like your North Star. And so I would suggest starting with like a brain dump, you know, even right now. And if you've gone through this before, that's fantastic. If you haven't defined your leadership legacy, I would say, like, what is jumping out at you at this moment when someone says, what are the most important characteristics that define your leadership? And I'll pause in case someone wants to to jump in with anything that came to mind
1: hey gary could you do us a favor and mute yourself if you're not not. oh
4: i'm sorry my dogs were going
3: crazy does anyone have a characteristic that comes to mind i can share what always comes to mind with me too i mean the first thing that usually pops up in my head is integrity. And this is uh, interesting because when I talk to Kelly and Tamara, I love that this clubhouse is about like, you're a leader in all aspects of your life. Um, personal, professional, you're leading so much. Uh, but this always reminds me of the, the, came from the conversation, I think it was like eighth grade, where I remember coming home and I had some friends who like stole makeup from Target. And I remember telling my mom, like, what's the big deal? Like Target has tons of money. And my mom was like, oh, no, 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 no we act with integrity. We do what's right because it's right. And I remember being like, oh, and but for some reason that really sticks with me. And the leaders that I value and respect the most act with integrity and decency at all times. Um, and so that's kind of the first one that jumps out to me. Anyone have one?
0: Yeah, Mike can chime in. It's actually really interesting because I, I totally agree. And I think there's like core characteristics that you know, I, I often will say when I when I look at leaders that I'm making a decision to to choose to follow, you know, it often comes down to is it somebody that I respect? Is it somebody that I can learn from, you know, and it's someone that's going to actually challenge me and help me actually grow in my career. And it was funny. I had somebody ask me about two weeks ago about the leader that I, I work with now, and they asked, you know, what it, what is kind of the one one of the things I would say that was the best aspect of working for that leader. And I would actually have said that it was, I, I answered them that it was actually about the person being a really bold and innovative leader, which really challenged me to go way out of my comfort zones quite frequently and think of you know, really, really impossible tasks potentially and achieve really, you know, great um, accomplishments as a as an organization, but also as individuals. So, you know, I think it's those three characteristics that I always you know, look for when I'm reflecting on leaders, but also making sure that I'm also, you know, looking at somebody who I can aspire to to learn from. That's going to challenge me to go way beyond what I thought my limits or capabilities might have been.
3: Love that. I love that. I mean, I think you've got a theme for sure in your leadership is about about the learning, um, about what you're doing to develop others learning and and how others are helping you. Um, And so I would say, like, start with that kind of stuff, that stuff that comes to mind, I would get a piece of paper, and I'd start writing it down. And I'd encourage this to be about a two to three week process, because it's going to come to you. When you're in meetings, and you see a characteristic, or you're thinking about something that maybe even upset you, and you're like, you know, this is what I needed in this moment, that kind of iterative process that takes a little bit of time can be helpful, so that's one piece of it. I would say just kind of what you're saying, Kelly, which is think of your own leaders that you've had. What did they do? How did they motivate you? What did certain things that they did make you feel? Um, And then I know that we often think of this just in terms of good leaders. I would throw bad leaders in there. I mean, I think it is okay to have those cautionary tales of I don't ever wanna make someone feel this way. And so to get there, I'm gonna embody a particular characteristic. Um, so I would add that. And then one thing that I, I think is really powerful, if you haven't done it, is a values assessment. Um, and I think we're going to share this after the clubhouse. But I, I mean, there's lots of different ways to do this. I'm a big fan of Elena Aguilar's um, values assessment. She's a fantastic uh, teaming coach and largely does work in education, but she starts with values a lot. And so what you'll see when you get this assessment is I think there's like 80 some odd values you can add to it. It's it's a pretty exhaustive list, but not entirely. And the instructions are basically you go through, you circle your top 10. So it's it's really intuition, right? What's jumping out at me again? And then you pause and then you cross out five. So so five that, okay, they're not as important. And then you keep reviewing and you narrow it down and cross out one to two more. You could stay at five. But the reason that the values alignment is so... Or the values assessment is so important is your values are going to be in line with these characteristics. I think sometimes the value is the characteristic and sometimes the characteristic is inclusive of multiple values. And I'll explain that in just a minute. But I think that values alignment can really, really help. And then I would really encourage any form of feedback or data from those who know you as a leader. I like the, uh, so tell me three words that come to mind when you think of my leadership. This, it it really depends on the relationships that you have. Sometimes this can be more effective to places you used to work. Um, If you're currently in a position of leadership, uh, you might consider an anonymous way of getting this feedback from the people who report to you. Um, And I love the question, where might I have room to grow? Or what should I have done differently? What do you wish I'd done differently? I think that's a really, really insightful way to see how others uh, perceive your strengths and areas for growth, and see if they align with your own. Because as you develop these characteristics, they are both aspirational and they are founded on what you believe that you're good at. So there, there is the belief, and it's of course true that there's always room to grow, uh, and there's this, you know, there's this area that I am not good at. I'm going to put that front and center as a leader, and I'm going to get good at it. And so once you have these ways to kind of develop these four to five characteristics, the next step is basically you've got to spell it out. What does this look like in action? And this, again, is something that takes time. So I think it's totally possible to do it initially, but I kind of think of this as like, a a, maybe it's a journal, maybe it's your leadership constitution, But as things come up, as events occur and issues arise, and you respond to them in ways that support your characteristics and your definition, you go in and you throw that in there Um, because then it's it's your playbook. Uh, And that actually really matters. It's also really cool to look back at after a few years. Um, And then back to kind of Courtney's point, you have to share this broadly. What are your characteristics? You want to share it with those who report to you. You want to share it to anybody you can with the... Um, added piece of I I need you to help by providing me with feedback and helping me be accountable. I would suggest um, encouraging people uh, to do that. However, you're comfortable with. Um, do you want them to call out at meetings like, "Hey, that's not uh, super honest." Probably not. But you can definitely say, "Look, if I'm not embodying these characteristics, or if my um, intent and my impact are different, I would really appreciate it if you'd come and talk to me. I need that feedback." Um, so that's really the process for developing, um, my sense, poor signal. So just, if y'all can't hear me, let me know. But, um, I think, yeah, I think that's basically the, the step a, what do you have to add?
2: Alexis, I've, I've got a question for you. So in in that situation, what, um, and what I've often found in my career, uh, is that, uh, people just don't know how to give feedback, um, (laughs) sideways, up above, uh, you know, leaders, um, you know, they're very often, um, put into those positions for a variety of reasons. Uh, so if you're dealing with a, not a great leader, how do you get that feedback?
3: Yeah. And that is tough, but I think anything, I think managing upwards is an important piece of this. Right. And I think that I would suggest a similar approach. So if you are asking people to give you feedback, I would be really clear about how you'd like that feedback. And if they're not giving it to you in that way, I think you can say, I really appreciate this feedback. I just need it to be done um, privately. Or, you know, I think it's most effective when you email me. Like there are people who who get nervous speaking or whatever. So I think it's some about managing up. Um, and I think the other piece you could consider here is well not consider I think that there has to be consistent anonymous sources for feedback I do think there has to be surveys and that'll make a little bit more sense in just a minute when I explain how you spell these characteristics out but it is tough Um, and I have found myself begging for feedback in situations and there's also and Mark I don't know if you've felt this at all but there can be this culture of nice at places where people are almost resistant to giving feedback
2: But I think that I've never heard of that. And I'm being very (laughs)
6: sarcastic about it,
3: Right. And that's, I don't know which is worse. Like the, the, the overly harsh feedback where you're like, oh, or the, please give me anything. I'm, I'm thirsty here, but maybe the, the, and I, I don't have all the answers, but maybe the key here is to think about that process in itself as a learning opportunity for you as a leader. Like, how do I want to, uh, request feedback? how am i able to give feedback on the feedback um and you know how well do i know this particular leader and what's going to work when i ask need does any of that resonate or
2: uh it does great thank you very much
3: yeah it's tough it can be the culture of nice thing is very fascinating. I don't know. Um, there's an article about the difference between congeniality and collegiality, and it's with respect to education, which I'm happy to share. But it is this idea of people in positions are are so concerned about not hurting other people's feelings that we often avoid the conversations that we need to be having. And I think you're, you're pointing that out, too. Gary, were you? Jumping? Yeah,
4: I, I was going to say to Mark, I think one of the things I find is if you're not getting the feedback you want, be very specific with The what you're asking. So ask for feedback on a particular situation. And then it puts them in a place where they actually have to think about it and give you the feedback, rather than being more general.
0: I would just add in one more thing. And I think, you know, we've talked about this a little bit in the past is, I think sometimes as you're starting to create a culture of welcoming feedback and welcoming honest feedback, I have found some of the easiest ways to start to do that is simply through anonymous surveys where at least it starts to set the tone that you actually do want feedback from people. We had this, I had a leader that did this several years ago where you know we were in a very much a service organization and we would do surveys to all of our internal business partners on how we were doing. And it was just kind of a, a several different questions, but very short, that would be like a ranking and then it would give them an opportunity to write in direct feedback. And it made us all uncomfortable to start the process because now we feel like we were being you know, graded on our performance, but it was so important to help us ground in the importance of of welcoming feedback, even if it's not always positive. And sometimes Mm -hmm. to to Alexis's point, trying to get people over the hurdle of like, get out of the nice and let's just actually have a real conversation. But the survey I've always found both with my team, with my business partners is a great way to start to open a conversation and normalize giving feedback.
1: And I think a lot of that, t- a lot of that dovetails into the th- my with my thoughts is is people feeling uh, that they can trust the process of giving feedback. And I and Mark, I'm, I'm, as I reflect on what you're you're, you're saying, I, I reflect on a comment you made. I think it was last week about uh, you know credibility, you know, and safety in, in being. You know, open and honest and and frank for that for for a better per, a term as well. You know, to feel comfortable sharing that feedback, not feeling like there's going to be some backlash as a result of it. So I really like that idea of, an, of anonymity anonymity because it really gives people that freedom to be um, honest with you.
6: I also I don't know and I'm assuming many of you have been in this situation before too where you need to give feedback to your direct leader. So it's the feedback up, which I think can be one of the harder situations to be in. And and I've had situations where I've had leaders that are, you know, kind of the, I think Alexis said it earlier, you can also learn from, you know, maybe leaders who aren't exhibiting the behaviors that you would uh, want to model. Um, And I think one thing that I've tried before and it's still hard because if the person doesn't want to hear it, uh, it can be really challenging, but trying to separate intent from impact. So like, I'm sure the intent that you had was, you know, we always say assume positive intent, which I, I have some opinions on that too, but just, just set that to the side, but this is the impact it had. So for example, I had a leader who was, in a C-level role and would often jump down to the IC level and start making demands and asking like, who made this mistake and how did we get here and basically blame culture. And it's like, I understand that I think what you're doing is trying to learn, but the impact it's having is it's scaring our engineers. They're literally in fear and trying to like tease apart, that intent, the intent versus the impact i'm telling you and i don't know if others have had this situation like i've had times where i try to give that feedback and it's like there's no there's no absorbing of that or <laughs> or acceptance of it uh depending on the situation
2: yeah and courtney i've i've dealt with situations like that and it was a real struggle. And it what actually helped me a lot in those situations is just to acknowledge that may not be the best leader, right? They may be very talented in, in other things and running the business. Um, but uh, that is sometimes a problem you can't solve. And the higher up it goes, the, the, the you know, unfortunately, the more of a multiplier it can be uh, downstream. And I've had to insulate developers or create other processes just to, you know, put roadblocks in place so that individual doesn't go down as deep. But it's acknowledging uh, that, you know, there's sometimes you can't do anything, especially when you're leader or leader, leader. Man, that was, I struggled with that one for years, I think.
3: I would add a piece to this. I mean, if we're thinking about intentionality, um, I think sometimes it can just help to ask a leader, hey, help me understand what um, what the goal of that particular part of the meeting was. Because the, the key is everyone's self-awareness needs to be raised in those situations. And so before we kind of assume that we think we know what they wanted to do, like let them explain it. And then one way of giving feedback really is those questions. So, okay, so your, your goal was to understand who made this mistake. How do you think that um, your approach impacted people? Okay, you know, so I think the the question method um, for certain leaders can be more valuable, particularly those um, with a little bit lower self-awareness, which often is is almost inextricably linked with poor leadership. I'm going to jump ahead. So um, if you start, if you've got your four characteristics, let's say. So I've come up with four just for the purpose of this activity. Um, Collaborative empathetic, acting with integrity, and a clear communicator. So under each of these, as I said, you're going to spell it out. So let's just do, we can do any of these, let's do empathetic. So some of the things I came up with in my initial explanation was I know each employee's contributions so I can consider their specific needs and understand their concerns. So that's part of being empathetic. I put the human first, I have an open door policy and listen without judgment to concerns. I am confidently vulnerable and encourage vulnerability from my team. Back to Courtney, I love it. And I assume others are acting with good intent. I struggle with that sometimes too, but I do think that's the place to start. So if we're doing those, we're kind of spelling out what each characteristic looks like in action before we begin, that's great. And then we're going to have times when it happens and we're tested and we respond a certain way and I would throw those back under there. So you have really got a solid list of what this looks like. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through just a few more because we're gonna do an activity. So I think this will help to understand it. But that was empathetic. Communicate clearly. So what I put for that is I ensure that expectations are communicated clearly, of course I messed up on that word, verbally and in writing. I ask questions to understand and for clarification. I ensure employees have space to ask the same. Um, I said I am transparent when able and upfront when I am unable to share, and I speak with compassionate honesty. So the way this kind of links back to values is trust is one of my most important values. Um, And I think that communicating clearly really falls under trust building. So you could see how they all weave in. But so again, so the four here were collaborative, empathetic, communicating clearly, and acting with integrity. Um, And so you just spell out whatever you can. And that again, it's gonna be that journal, that list that you add to. And so I call those the embodiments. Like when I have got my characteristics, what is it going to look like um, in action, uh, both from my experience and what I want it to look like in action? Um, for me, when I was my first year as a private high school principal, I mean, I look back at them, I'm like, I wish I could have done about 80% of those things differently. But one of the main thing was, why am I reacting? How can I just calm down and think more rationally? And so that would probably have been, um, at the time, one of my characteristics is I don't know if that would be a, a peaceful process or something, but it may be aspirational. What it's going to look like in action might be the opposite of what you've done once or twice. And so once you've got that down, you're just going to keep adding to that list, as I said, but we're going to shift just a little bit into what this looks like in different phases and in different contexts. So like if you're seeking a position I always think that once you have your leadership definition down, you're basically an investigator. And the guiding question here is, how is this company going to support my leadership definition or my leadership legacy? Um, And that's a tough one because uh, most, you know, companies really say that they invest in leadership and often they do, but it depends on the intentionality around that support of leadership uh, that you're kind of getting for. And so the first question I would encourage asking is, What is the company's definition of leadership? So how do you define your leaders? What should each leader at this company um, know and do? What are those most important characteristics? What's very interesting is I've worked with a lot of leaders of companies. And when I ask that question, there's a pause. And so, again, it's it's making sure that, that a company either has that or has a plan to develop it. I think another really important question is how or what are the company's priorities for its leaders? And how are those priorities evaluated? If you want to work at a company, like if you're me, I am relational. So if I went and applied for a job and they said, well, it's bottom line, right? It's how much uh, profit you're making this quarter or whatever. That's not gonna work for me. I'm really looking for a space that says, well, we really value leaders who are building trustworthy spaces and creating psychological safety. And um, that question of how are they evaluated? Well, we really look at um, data and feedback that goes out at this frequency, et cetera. I would add a couple more questions, which is how does the company develop its leaders? And how does the company evaluate um, its leadership development? So these are tough questions. And what you'll also realize is, depends who you're talking to, who can answer them, but the more that it's part of the company's fiber, um, the more a a leader who's really intentional will probably feel aligned there. And of course, there's the work of like, how does the vision or the mission align with my leadership definition? everything like that so what other questions might you ask as an investigator when you're looking for a role that aligns with your leadership could be it okay so i'm going to keep going i'm already super behind which is very very normal for me um for ongoing improvement right so you're in a leadership position you've developed your definition of leadership i encourage you to work backwards so once you've got this this definition of leadership you've got areas for growth um, and you're going to prioritize those areas and when you pick the few let's say that you're going to work on annually or or in the next six months you want to break it down into the development of this particular characteristic or skill is important to me because you then want to ask yourself and and i would encourage writing this out it will impact those i lead by Right. That's so important is how is this going to affect those that I work with, those that I lead? And I will know that I effectively embody this characteristic when X, Y and Z. And so breaking it down into why it matters to me, how it's going to impact those I lead and how I will know if I've gotten there. So that's kind of that that starting from the end piece. And then you go into what support do you need to get there? Right. So is there formal learning? Are there particular trainings you need to attend or books you need to read? Um, how are you going to get feedback on this? I will say that if you've spelled out under your characteristics, the way that it looks when you embody those characteristics, you have a survey made, which is the beautiful piece, right? Like, so let's say if I go back, um, I ensure that expectations are communicated clearly, verbally, and in writing. Go back to what Kelly said, your anonymous survey says, I ensure that expectations are communicated clearly, verbally, and in writing, and let your... Um, employees scale that on a one to 10 and provide some feedback. So it is difficult to come up with great survey questions, but you've got them all here if you've spelled out what it means to be who you are as a leader. Um, Things like, I uh, assume others are acting with good intent. It's good to get feedback on that stuff. I know each employee's contributions. Oh yes, so you've got that made. Um, So going back to what support is needed, collaboration partners are great. If you have other people who are working on similar things, um, Tamara and I collaborate partners a lot on different business aspects, and it's super helpful to get someone who understands and someone who can share ideas. And I know that I'm super biased, but I would say that just about any leader needs a good coach. So uh, I would I would push for some kind of unbiased uh, thought partner that you can get. So So you're starting with working backwards because this is probably a little bit harder if you can't see it, starting with identifying the areas, fleshing those out. Then we've just done support. And then I would move into accountability, right? We've talked about this some before, ask others for support, figure out what your accountability uh, methods that you prefer are, and constantly have that question out there. You know, pull someone into your office if you're trying to build a culture of feedback and say, you know, hey, how did that meeting go? And they're going to say, great. And then you need to ask, I think it was, was it Gary who said, like, super specific questions. Well, yeah, but what about this part of the meeting? Would it have been more effective to do, or how would it have been more effective to do X? So give someone a chance to give feedback and not really escape it. You're building culture and you're getting feedback. The next step is to collect that formal anonymous data at consistent intervals. And the other piece with data that we often don't do as much as sharing some of the results of it. That does not mean you need to share the percentage of people who said that you assume that they act with good intent. But it does mean that going back and saying, hey, I, I read these surveys. Here are some themes that came up. And here's what I really want to work on. And again, going back to the process of asking for people's support and feedback. Um, I would say continue to build the embodiments list, right? Spell it out. What am I doing here? Where can I look back and know that I was successful in this instance because I acted this way? And this is one that I think falls way too far off too easily, which is celebrate the victories, Um, really pausing to celebrate like, wow, I have made a massive shift in the way that I um, uh, provide feedback based on the survey. Whatever it is, you have to pause and be like, there is growth here and I'm excited about it and it's work that I've done. What else would y'all add, if anything, to like, what do you do day to day to keep working on your leadership definition and living it?
5: Yeah, I just wanted to add one thing to, to what you were saying, Alexis, which is um, um, terrific around the, you know, finding a collaborator. Um, I think that's uh, a fantastic way to, um, yeah, connect with different people in your organization or your, whatever community that you're with um, professionally. I think, you know, seeking out a mentor, as you mentioned, also, I'm also biased around having a, a coach. Um, a coach is a great accountability partner and someone that walks with you um, in your um, professional journey. It's unfortunate that, you know, it's hit or miss whether or not we have um, someone in the direct uh, chain of management above us that can provide that support. Um, it's not, not always there, um, but there are a multitude of opportunities to seek out, you know, both, um, uh, feedback, advice, and accountability.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, again, it, it's back to intentionality. Like so often the resources are there, the people are there. And what I've also found is there's always people who are interested in this work who don't know quite where to put it or do it. And, um, One of the companies that I'm working with right now, someone said to me, you know, what companies do is they do all of this leadership development and all of this work, but there's not one single person, like one person who's waking up every day just to think about what this looks like in actuality and to be over all of the different methods that people are doing to develop leaders. And I would say that that's such an important and powerful thought of companies really do a good job of providing learning or providing mentors or whatever, but how does it come together? And what data do we have to make sure that it's effective or absent? Most of all is what are our anticipated outcomes and objectives? Um, and so with about 10 minutes left, I don't think that I have, uh, time to go into the second part, but we're going to do some scenarios really quickly, Um, based on those four characteristics that I said earlier which were, I'm going to remind you, collaborative, empathetic, act with integrity and communicate clearly. We're going to do a couple scenarios and so when we're deciding on our course of action, we're the leader in this scenario, we're going to evaluate the extent to which any action we choose would support our leadership definition. Does that make sense? So we're just going to see if we should do this or what we should how we should handle the situation based on those four principles. Um and you know what? I'm gonna type them in the chat, the four principles once I read this scenario. So the scenario is, one of my employees invited me to their birthday party at a karaoke bar. If I go to karaoke with my team, how am I honoring my definition of leadership or not honoring it? So back to those four characteristics, which are collaborative, empathetic, act with integrity, and communicate clearly. Can anybody think of how going to this karaoke bar extravaganza birthday would support your being a collaborative, empathetic, communicative leader who acts with integrity? Nothing. I think for me that like I see this as it is an opportunity for the collaborative piece. Um, If you're someone who really wants your team to work together and get to know each other and build relationships, then it makes sense that you might show up at this event. What about? I agree. I think
0: I'll be, I'll be a little um, controversial. There's a super strong word for where I'm going, (laughs) but I would say the other side is also making sure that you're looking at the environment you're understanding that a dynamic because a karaoke bar might imply some other um, beverages might be being served. So making sure that it is in line with integrity of how you wanna be connecting with your team in an environment that makes sense. And sometimes it's important for us to you know, take those moments to get to know our team and build the human relationship. But also as leaders, sometimes it's better to say, hey team, you go and be a part of this event. I will not as a leader to give you that space and we'll find other ways where I can connect with you where I might not be in a place that might be um, not conducive to where a leader might need to be, where a team might want to relax a little bit and have a good time. And that might challenge some of the integrity concept.
3: I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, go ahead, Gary.
4: I was going to say something very similar, um, Kelly. I I think because it would be in a bar and that sort of thing, if the leader was there, they might bond less as a team because they're not relaxing as much because they're worried about the leader being in that environment with them. And I think there are sort of other situations where it's better for you as a leader to actually bring the team together, um, less, somewhat less casual than the bar situation, I think. I'll
1: just add a different slant to that too. And I think it's that from my perspective is that if you were to go as a leader, you might even just show up for, you know, you might say like, I've got a few things going on, but I'll, I'll pop over just to say hello to everyone. And again, and then just leave, you know, just maybe pop in for a few minutes or, you know, short time. And the other thing is, you know, uh, you, you from, from a leadership perspective, I certainly wouldn't be having a drink or letting my hair down because, again, I think it's really important to, you know, to, to keep that integrity about who you are as a leader and, and the fact that, that the, the microscope is, is really on everything you're doing, everything you're saying and, and your behavior and everything else. So, uh, you know, at best, I would probably pop in, you know, spend a few minutes with them, encourage them to keep, you know, connecting with each other and having a good time and then step out.
3: So that's where I landed on this as well. It's like, I, and I agree, like at the balancing act here is this idea of collaboration and I love team building, but at the same time, like one of my definitions or my embodiments under act with integrity is I will uphold professionalism at all times. And so it's really important to me. I I think Tamara, like, no, I can't go there and you know, down a few beers. That's not going to support my goal, but. I, I agree, like I can go for 15 minutes and you know, it's nice of someone to invite their leader, it shows a little bit of interest, but that's about it. But that was for me, that's how I interpret it. But looking back at those four characteristics makes it a lot easier to say, okay, here's where I'm going to be in alignment. Here's where I'm not, and that's why I'm going to proceed this way. And so I'm going to do one more here. So I know who I think would be best for a promotion. So I'm not sure I want to do a full interview process or search. By promoting this individual without the formal process, how am I honoring my definition of leadership or how am I not honoring it?
5: I'm sorry, Alexis, could you repeat that again?
3: I can, In yeah. So I know who I think would be best for the promotion, so I'm not sure I want to do a full interview process or search. By promoting this individual without a formal process, how am I honoring my definition of leadership or how am I not honoring it? Does that make sense? I'm the boss. I'm like, I'm not, you know, I don't need to I don't need to interview anybody. This person's got it. I
4: think it depends. If you've been growing that person for the role and they've been doing everything that they need to do and they've got to the place where they need to get to, um, I think as a good leader, growing your team and making sure that they get that opportunity, I, I, I think that d- does support it.
3: Which part of, of the characteristics does it support? Collaborative, empathetic, communicating clearly, or acting with integrity?
4: Uh, both, I think, the collaborative and acting with integrity. Because if you've been having those conversations about setting expectations, growing that person, they've been meeting all of those, um, and and communicative, I, I guess, as well. Um, you can naturally push them into that role if they've been doing their piece to it and you've been a good leader leading them towards that role. But uh, I, I guess it could go the other way. If it's just, you know, you're giving your buddy a, a role because they're in your team, it's totally the opposite of that. But if you've really been growing somebody, I think it, um, it it's most of those attributes, I think
3: all right
0: yeah i would add i think and what gary was saying in the last point i think you know when done right it's about making sure that along the way that we're communicating effectively what the expectations are right what success looks like what we're investing in and then seeing that play out with someone who's demonstrating those capabilities and demonstrating those behaviors for our team is a reinforcement of what's important but but we have to make sure that we're communicating to the larger organization You know why what does success look like and then showing that and demonstrating that through behavior otherwise if we feel like we're just promoting because you know we decided to make up our mind when did this person was our friend or we like them and we're going to promote them then it's really challenging you know our integrity as a leader
1: I I think that that some of the things that come to mind for me, too, is is in terms of the perception of a of a promotional opportunity. And I I reflect on times that I've seen this happen in my career that, you know, sometimes by just moving somebody into a position, maybe others are going to feel like there's favoritism involved or they weren't given the same opportunity or, you know, there's an asundry of, uh, of perspectives that people might get or impressions they might get by that process. And so I think that's the part where you have to be really careful and act with integrity around how that's communicated, whether you're just saying that we're opening this position, people can apply, they'll either have the qualifications to meet the, you know, the, the position or they won't. And then the promotion happens from there. So it's just something I think you have to be, aware of as a leader is how it may be perceived as someone just moved into a position without
3: you know others understanding how that how that happens yeah and i think what's so powerful and what all of you shared is it is about the process so when you are assessing situations and making decisions so much of that is okay i want to act with integrity for this exact issue but to do so is going to require some work on the back end on communicating and if you're looking at integrity and for me one of that is like okay if i'm upholding professionalism what are the policies that govern hiring you know do we have to post do we is there a reason why we might want to post um, so i think that's a really awesome piece but i think that's that's kind of the gist of how to do your individual leadership development and definition and again that key is intentionality clarity and refining you know just to make it a practice it's like exercise I wish that I could exercise once and lose weight. I do, or even twice, but that's not how it works. Or excuse me, be healthy, I'll say be healthy. It is is a sustained practice that if you want results, you have to put intention around and you have to continue to grow and flex those muscles. And I would say that's the same thing here. It's gotta be uh, a fiber of your daily life. So thank you so, so, so much for having me and letting me share and for all the incredible ideas and feedback. I really am grateful I got to spend this time with y'all. Alexis, thank you.
1: We are so um, thankful to you also for bringing this great content to us. I, I found a, a, a tremendous amount of value uh, around it. And uh, we will be uh, posting on our Substack website. Uh, if you wanna go over and visit our, our uh, Substack website, um, some the values assessment tools, she was talking about some articles and potentially some other resources that align our, our, Go with her content, and we probably will invite Alexis back because I know she has a little bit more um, great content to share with us. But again, thank you so much, and I hope you all gained uh, a lot of information here and things that you can that are applicable for you as a leader. And so, on that note, we are um, at the end of our hour. And I'd like to close out with a quote from Martin Luther King. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step, which seems very applicable in this situation. And so on that note, everyone have a wonderful weekend and we'll see you next week on Clubhouse at 9.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thanks, everyone.
4: Thanks, Alexis. Thanks, everybody. Thank
3: you. Oh. Thanks, y'all. When all the world is
1: better ba-